From San Diego, California, this is a One Extraordinary Marriage Show, where being busy is overdone, romancing is fun, and scheduling sex has taken the guesswork out of wondering when you're going to get some. I'm Tony DeLorenzo, your co-host, along with my beautiful wife, Elisa. From coast to coast and around the world, thank you for joining us. It's time to talk sex, love, and commitment. Give us a call at 858-876-5663. That's 858-876-5663. In today's show, we talk about what you can do to begin the process of saving your marriage. Please note that the advice given in this show pertains to situations where you are both still living in the home and are committed to working on your marriage. And as we start this episode of One Extraordinary Marriage, I want to begin the show with this quote from American author Tom Robbins. He says, we're our own dragons as well as our own heroes, and we have to rescue ourselves from ourselves. And if you think about that, you know, it goes back to that whole idea that, you know, sometimes we're our worst adversary. Yeah. And the only one that can save us from ourselves is ourselves. And we're going to really be digging into that on today's show. Now, we start every One Extraordinary Marriage show with a hug. And this week's hug is brought to you by Save My Marriage. There can be many reasons why you find yourself needing to save your marriage, an emotional affair or a physical affair, continued fighting and conflict, being separated due to work, ailing parents or personal choice, mental or behavioral issues, pornography, alcohol, or drug abuse. You now find yourselves creeping to the edge of divorce when there is little to no emotional intimacy, spiritual connectedness, and or physical and sexual intimacy. A divorce brings change. This should not be taken lightly at any time. If this is you, now is the time to get help. Check out Save My Marriage at oneextraordinarymarriage.com slash save my marriage. And this week's hug, it's been a while, guys, since we've had a voicemail hug come in, but we had one um, over the weekend, and we're so excited to be able to share this listener with all of you. Hey, Tony and Alyssa. Thank you so much. I'm calling you from Winnipeg, Canada. Today, it's a beautiful day here, but just two days ago, we had minus 40 here with the wind chill. But anyways, <laughs> that's beside the point. That's cold. I would like to thank you very, very much for your great podcast. I just discovered it a few days ago, and I've been listening. I have probably listened to about 30, 40 shows in the last couple of days. I'm a truck driver, so I got a chance to listen pretty much all day if I can. Wow. And I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. Thank you so much for the great information, for the open honesty and the great stuff that you guys talk about that most people don't get a chance to really say it openly like the way you guys do. You guys are a great couple and uh, great information for all of us. So thank you so much. I was just able to leave a five-star review for you guys on the Canadian iTunes podcast. Awesome. Thank you. Uh, that was great. So hopefully you guys can see that. Uh, and I just guess subscribe to your email list. So I'm really excited about that. Thank you very much for everything you guys do. Oh, and also good news. I just uh, scheduled date night tonight with my wife. I'm looking forward to that. I've been married for 17 years. I have two children, 13-year-old daughter and 9-year-old daughter. Nice. So we are excited for tonight's date night. Thanks again. I love you guys, and we love you from Canada. Thank you so much. Have a nice day. Bye-bye. That was so awesome. Yeah, We don't get as many of the voicemail hugs as we would like to. So if you haven't left 
a hug for us, maybe on iTunes or send us an email, you can always call in at that number, that 858-876-5663 number. Mm-hmm. And um, we will play the audio hugs on the air so that you can um, just share how One Extraordinary Marriage has impacted your life. I mean, I love how, you know, he's going on and talking about it. And, you know, he makes sure before he gets off the phone that he tells us that he scheduled date night with his wife. Yeah. That was awesome. And, and you guys know how we feel about scheduling date night. So kudos to that new listener. Um, we're so glad that we can keep you company on the road. And and thank you for just sharing the love of One mm-hmm. Extraordinary Marriage. Yeah. So as Tony said at the outset of the show, we're going to be talking today about what you can do to begin the process of saving your marriage. And the reason this comes up is because, guys, almost daily, we receive emails just like this one. I've been married for almost eight years, dated for seven years prior to that. We have a happy home. Everything was good until the crap hit the fan. My wife was having an emotional affair with a coworker for several years. Two years ago, I found an email asking her out on a date on one of their upcoming business trips. I confronted her and she had a talk with him and said it was over. In the past two years, she's continued her business trips with him. I talked with her, talked with her and told her that I'm jealous of the time they spend together and frightened that the flirting might start up again. She told me that things will happen in our marriage. We'll have problems, but nothing will come between us, and she wants us to grow together. I told her that I wanted to hear something more than that, something convincing, like you're my one and only, my soulmate, my my one true love. She said she can't say that now because I told her to, and if she said it, it would sound false. We've talked about couples counseling, but the timing is bad because she has a huge project at work. She has said that once, once the project is done, that we can start. He goes, I'm done crying. I'm done feeling sad. I'm done with the jealousy. I just want to fight for marriage, for our marriage. I love her so much. Please help. We get emails every single day that sound almost identical to this one. Mm-hmm. It's So many of you come and find One Extraordinary Marriage because you're at a place in your marriage where you don't know which way to go, where this whole idea of saving your marriage This is real. This is the place that you're in. You've received the, I love you, but I don't love you. You, Or I'm not in love with you. Or I'm not in love with you. Mm -hmm. You've gotten the the sense that the distance between the two of you is getting so far wide that you can't even, you can't even bridge it and you don't know where to go. And and I'm telling you guys, you know, first and foremost, just like I said in that quote from uh, Mr. Robbins at the start of the show. We're our own dragons and our own heroes. Yeah. And you got to be both because you're probably recognizing, you know what? I'm a dragon. Some of you are looking at this going dragons. Some of you are looking at this idea going, you know, I need to be a hero. And I got to tell you guys, you're not alone. If this is where you are, if this is how you found the One Extraordinary Marriage podcast, if this is how you found us on Instagram or on Facebook or even came to the website because you were, you know, Googling Save My Marriage, you're not alone. No. Okay. Our society as a whole does not set you up for success in marriage. I'm, I'm convinced the longer that Tony and I have been married, the more I'm convinced that we as a society don't set people up for success because there's no, like, there's no premarital education, right? You know, it's, it's all the Hollywood. We had a conversation with, um, we were at an event this weekend and we were having a conversation with this gal and she was sharing, she's like, you know, I kind of had this Hollywood image of what my relationship was going to be like. And and this came out, they've been married like six, seven years now. Yeah, I think so. And just out of nowhere, she was like, 
really, I just imagined that we would get married, everything would be easy. You know, it was, she was like, I was seriously just felt that I was taught this fairy tale story Mm -hmm. about marriage. And once we got into it, it wasn't that at all. Right. All of a sudden, it was very eye-opening that, you know what, Hollywood's not wrapping up those loose ends so quite so neatly in the real world. Mm-hmm. You know, and and there's this whole idea, you know, because most of us go into marriage thinking it's a forever after proposition, right? Like I didn't, you know, we don't go into the idea of getting married. We don't walk down the aisle. We don't say our I do's with the idea that at some point in time in the future, we're going to be saying I don't anymore. Right. But there's nothing that happens between the putting a ring on the finger and forever after for most couples that lead you to have success. And the other part of this is that most people deal with relationships from a very reactive posture, right? So we wait for things to happen instead of saying, you know what, this is my marriage. This is my relationship. I need to be proactive, right? I need to... I need to have foresight. I need to invest in this. Instead, we wait for things to happen. And then when crisis hits, we're like, oh, 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 wait a minute. Now I got to do something, right? Now my, my, my wife just said she wants a divorce and my husband's like, I'm out of here. And okay, now I got to get in the game. Right. And I'm telling you, sometimes that's really hard. And it, it might be too late at that time. Now, that's not to say that we haven't seen amazing things happen. Right. Like, you know, there have been couples that have taken the principles that they've heard. I mean, you heard the guy on the on the hug at the start of the show. He's listened to like 30 or 40 um, episodes in the last couple of days. And ironically enough, I think we had four emails over the weekend with brand new listeners who all said the same thing. Yeah. Like, I just found you guys a couple of days ago and I've listened to 20 shows. I've listened to 30 shows because just like this guy said, OK, that's what I've been looking for. I've been looking for somebody to speak truth. I've been looking for somebody that tells me how I can be proactive. And, and, and did it. We set up a date night with his wife, which is awesome. Go. That, that's one of those proactive things that you can do starting today. Like D- you could even push pause on the show, and, call or text your spouse and say, hey, we need a date night. Or a date day or a Starbucks run like, for let's meet for 30 lunch. minutes. Let's, because here's the thing. You know, we talk all the time. And one of those proactive things that you can do is you can be intentional about your marriage, right? Like you can schedule dates instead of just waiting for them to happen. That's a very reactionary uh, posture. It's a very reactionary position where you just say, you know what, when we make, when we get time, okay, when we get time, when time frees up in our schedule, then we'll go on a date. Okay. I'm telling you right now, if you wait to not be busy, you'll never go on a date. Mm-hmm. Cause you can always find something, everything from the kids have got, you know, practice and all this kind of stuff to my favorite television shows on TV. We couldn't possibly go on a date tonight. And yes, we have heard that as an excuse for why you can't go on dates. DVR it. DVR or just, I don't know, skip it. The world will not end. You can get on Facebook after the show and all of your friends who watch it on Facebook will be happy to tell you what you missed. So, and it, you know, we've got this whole thing that you're not alone. The other concept is that you're going to start being proactive. But thirdly, and here's the thing that just like crawls up under my skin because we've been there and we had to really change this mindset ourselves is that we live in a disposable society. Okay. Everything from the clothes that you wear to the car that you drive, the message that you're given 
on a regular basis is that when this model, when this version isn't working or it's not making you happy anymore or it's just not so shiny, guess what? Toss it and go get a new one. Mm -hmm. And so we see that in all of our media messages. You know, everything from print to, you know, what you hear on commercials to what you see on TV and, and all this kind of stuff. Toss it when it's not working for you anymore. And the problem is, is that we're taking that philosophy into our personal relationships. If my husband isn't making me happy anymore, you know what? I need a new one. If my wife has put on, you know, well, in my case, my hair is going gray. And not that you would be able to tell because I color it regularly. But Tony could very easily say, you know what? Elisa's got gray hairs. She's starting to look a little old. You know, she's 41 now or 40, going to be 41. You know, I want a newer, younger model, right? I, I'm tossing this one to the side. That's not how marriage was designed. You know, there is an amazing gift in growing old with someone and having all of that experience in life with them. You don't just turn them in for a newer, shinier model when it gets a little difficult. And this is because Tony and, I, and the reason this one gets under my skin so much is because Tony and I, this was, this was an issue for us. The first time that we were facing divorce, it was because I wasn't happy anymore, right? Tony wasn't working for me. And I really thought that divorce was going to be the option there because I'm like, well, if he's not making me happy and you know, he's kind of in this funk, maybe this isn't, maybe this isn't why I'm supposed to be married. Right. So like maybe if I find a newer model, like that would be good. Right. I'm too sexy. <laughs> Gotta love how he like drops his voice. A few octaves when he says, it, like I'm too sexy. You no. Know? And I, and I totally agree with Elisa here. It's one thing that we've been working on in our lives of just looking at the material things and how long can they last? How long can we use those things? Because that does transform how we begin to think about this relationship, about this marriage, about how we're able to go through, you know, having cars that will run 200 plus thousand miles. Yeah, they'll break down at times. And yet, it's how we act during those times when they do break down really transfers on how we act with each other when we break down, right? It's how we react to each other when those situations occur. And instead of trying to live in a, a bubbled world, we put ourselves out there in a place where we are challenged. Mm -hmm. And those challenges, yes, you know, yeah, it's a car where a tire blows up on the freeway. Yes, it's, you know. Okay, true story. We that, did have a car that retired up on the freeway. And, you know, and it severed like the gas line. And th this is a 200,000 plus mile van. And, you know, Lisa's stranded on I-15 here in in San Diego. And, and how do we react to each other then? And, and what are we going to do through the process of getting a new vehicle? And you know what? At that time, we didn't know what we wanted to do. And I had to humble myself and ask a friend if I could borrow his car. And this wasn't some nice shiny car. This was like a 1991. I think it was a 91 Honda Accord. Accord. And it was like faded out gold paint. Nasty. The, the AC barely worked on this thing. And I had to humble myself. And at least I had to humble herself for six months as we drove that car around. Was it the best thing we wanted? No. Did it teach us, though, that this old thing can still run? Yeah. And we can look at that and go, you know what? 
this marriage of ours, 18 plus years, can still run. Even when we do break down, even when we do have hard times and, and hardships. You know, and I'm not talking about massive catastrophe hardships. When we break down with our emotional intimacy, when we break down with our financial intimacy, you know, areas that happen on a regular basis, week to week, month to month. And you guys all know what I'm talking about. You know, you've had those thoughts. I mean, virtually anybody I think that's been married for more than a couple of weeks has thought, okay, you know what this is, you know, was this a good idea? <laughs> was this a good idea? Um, but let's get into the action because you don't click on a show that says save my marriage to hear about all the reasons that we get to the point where you need to save your marriage. I think it's important to give you guys a foundation of where we're coming from, mm -hmm. but let's talk about those specific actions. And the number, the number one action guys is that you've got to stop looking at the other person to change and you've got to look at yourself. You've got to change yourself, meaning your behaviors and your reactions to your spouse's behaviors. Because if for, especially for those of you that have kids, this is how you can tell how your reactions impact other people. Because I think you see it more with kids. If you've got kind of that scowling face and you start screaming at your kids, you can instantly see when your kids mimic you when they're relating to somebody else, right? And you're like, oh, that's just like me. Well, your spouse uses your face as a mirror. So if you come in and you're negative or if you're critical or if you're, you know, just like screaming and, you know, you did this and you did that, guess what you're going to be met with? Very rarely are you going to be met with, oh, honey, let's talk about this. You're going to get the, well, you never and you always and the pointing finger and the escalated voices and the, you know, body language that's all like rah, out of control. Right. Because... We reflect what we see. So if you want to see something different in your marriage, if you want to save your marriage, it starts with changing how you react. Because guess what? You can't control your spouse's reactions. You can't. You know, there are times when I can predict what I think Tony's going to do. But case in point, um, two weeks ago, I had turned on the water to put more water in the pool. Mm -hmm. Thought I turned it off that night before I went to bed. I did not. So when I got up the next morning, um, yes, the water was incredibly high and spilling over the edge of the pool. It was disastrous. And I'm like, oh, no. And I'm running out. I'm just like, oh, he's going to kill me. And all the kids are like, oh, my gosh, dad, mom, this is what she did. And Tony's just like, okay, well, you know, obviously our water bill is going to be higher this month. I mean, it was just, it was such the opposite reaction because what did Tony do? He decided to control his reaction. He already knew I felt bad. He knew that I wasn't in a good mental space because I was, you know, ringing up the dollar signs in my head going, oh, this is going to be bad. And yet he chose in that moment to love on me instead and just be like, all right, we'll go turn off the water. You know, I mean, what are we going to do? Hey, it's already overflowing. So there, there's not much more you can do at those moments in times. And I've learned over the, the years, I, when I don't get into an angry fit of rage, which I think is a major problem in our society that is not talked about and it happens when we get in that spot we are not being servant lovers by any stretch of the imagination i think we are really being detrimental to ourselves as well as our spouse and so through change on my behalf taking that to heart and understanding it um i i try 
at times to, to realize that. Does it still come out at times? Sure thing. Not like it used to though. Well, and, and part of that's being human. Yeah. And knowing, and I know that you exercise self-control. I know that we both work on exercising self-control and those things that used to be, you know, massive triggers for us because it becomes a choice how we're going to react. Another thing here too is you have to understand if you have a spouse who is saying, hey, we need to do this together or you're going down the wrong road or there's something happening you may want to, instead of shutting them out and turning them off, you may want to listen because they may possibly have a glimpse of something that you're not seeing. Possibly your ego has been built up and you think you're all that and more. And yet you're missing some things that are happening in your relationship or maybe hobbies or other things that are going on. Believe me, your spouse can see these. They know you. They're not saying it just for the heck of it. They realize it. Unfortunately, our egos will get in the way and we won't listen to them. And they will say to us time and time and time again, years, five, 10 years to go get help, to seek help, to go change. And instead you decide not to. And believe me, when they walk out that door, we get the email. That goes, my spouse told me for 10 years I needed to change and I didn't want to, or I didn't hear him or her, or I wasn't going to because it's not about me. Guess what? Those emails can bring tears to my eyes because I know the hurt. I know the pain you're going through. And that's, that's actually an avoidable situation, right? If your spouse tells you that there's a problem, they're not telling you that because they've got nothing better to do with their day, right? They're telling you because the hurt is so great that it's overflowing and you're the person that can help heal that hurt. But you've got to be willing to check your ego at the door and say, okay, you know what? If my husband or wife says, let's go see a couples counselor, let's go see a couples counselor. Maybe for some of you, your spouse has said, hey, I picked up this book called, you know, connect like you did when you first met 101 proven questions for couples. And some of you are like, yeah, I don't want to do that. They picked it up for a reason. They picked it up because maybe you guys haven't had a conversation in a while. That's been more than, you know, past the butter and the cable bill came today. Right. They're missing you. Okay. When your spouse asks you to engage in something, it's because they actually miss you. They still love you enough to say, let's work on this. That's what you need to hear. When your spouse asks you to do something to save the marriage, I still love you. When they stop asking, I'm telling you, when they stop asking, you better be very worried Mm -hmm. because the minute they stop asking, you're in trouble. Mm -hmm. You're in trouble. The second thing that you need to do so after you start working on your behaviors and your response to your spouse's behavior is you need to stop the negativity. Marriages that find themselves on the brink of divorce are chock full of negativity. And that comes in a lot of different ways. It comes in a lack of respect for one another, how you treat each other, not just the two of you face to face, but how you talk about your spouse. You should never 
and, and I don't use the word never very often, but you should never talk poorly about your spouse to another person unless you're like in a counseling situation or something like that. You should not be talking to your girlfriends or your buddies and saying, my wife, holy, rah, 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 or my husband, that jerk, you know, whatever. Uh-uh. And especially to a coworker of the opposite sex. Time and time again, this is the opportune time for that coworker to be the listening ear, to be the person who knows you now be, and, and is there to comfort you. Guess what? Not a good situation. And if you're in that situation, you need to get the heck out of that situation ASAP. And that means like now. Yesterday would have been better, but yes, cut it off today. Now. Cut it off today. So lack of respect, lack of listening. You need to get back in the game with those ears of yours. It mattered when you were dating that you listened to everything that they said. Your lack of listening will kill your marriage. You've got to stop being critical. I already said this. You've got to stop being hurtful. Don't don't say those expressions. I mean, we all know how to push each other's buttons. Mm-hmm. Right? Like I know exactly what to say to Tony. Like if I really want to get under his skin, I, I know what that is. He knows what it is for me. You know, we don't use those weapons on each other. You all need to stop using those weapons in your marriage. Right? And you also need to take responsibility. I mean, one of the biggest ways that you show negativity in your marriage is when you don't take responsibility for your own actions. When the blame or the fault is always someone else's, namely your spouse, but you're always you know, pushing off. You never, you never take personal responsibility for what's going on. You need to stop that. Okay, you want to save your marriage, you start taking responsibility for your part because I will tell you that no marriage finds itself on the brink of divorce solely through the actions of one individual. There are always, there's always an interplay between the two of you that brings you to that point. Poor decisions may be made more by one person than the other, but it's always an interplay of relationships. And the last thing that you guys need to do and this kind of like we're, we're brainstorming through this. Well, not brainstorming, but we're, we're steamrolling through this because there's a lot more. But these were the top three things that we really wanted to make sure that you guys had. The third thing is that you need to act your way into your feelings instead of waiting for your feelings to start doing the acting. And I want to be very clear what I mean there. Yeah, please explain that because I think this is a, it's a concept that people um, have a hard time understanding. Because the butterflies aren't there anymore. Right. Because, you know, I, I don't love him. I don't love her. Well, guess what? You need to start acting like you do. And that means if you want to be loved and returned, you need to start showing love. Right? You need to do those things that a loving spouse would do. Remember I said in the first two, you're going to change your behaviors and you're going to change your reactions and you're also going to stop the negativity. You're also going to start showing love to this person. You know, if you want a good example of this, watch the movie Fireproof. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the Kirk Cameron movie based on the book, The Love Dare. And you, it's amazing for this because they were at a horrible place in their marriage. And he actually started the actions, even when he didn't feel them. And that's what I'm talking about. Because if you wait to feel like, I, you know, if you wait for those butterflies to come back, if you wait to feel like, okay, like I'm just waiting to feel like I love my husband again, good grief, you're going to be 125. I will say just in all honesty, I don't think I've, I don't think I've felt the butterflies in my stomach like I did when I first met Elisa or that first summer we were together. Yes, there have been times throughout our years that it does come back and yet I still choose each and every day to love her, 
through action, through words, through holding her hand, through holding her, through just telling her. And that is the way that I choose to love. And I had to learn this myself mm-hmm. because I really thought that if I didn't have this every time I woke up and she and she looked at me, then we weren't compatible anymore. And that is something that I had to understand myself. So a couple of resources that we want to leave you with. Obviously, we opened the show with the sponsorship from Save My Marriage. So you can find that at oneextraordinarymarriage.com slash save my marriage. That is uh, an online digital course. So it would be delivered to you that goes much more in depth on all of these strategies and even more on how you can if you find yourself at this place, how you can save your marriage. Mm-hmm. Now, another resource that Tony and I have put together, and you've heard us, uh, I believe it's episode 175, where we talked about contract of reconciliation. Right. And this is actually, it's a document that I put together for my coaching clients where you know it goes through all the different intimacies. So if you find yourself in the place where you're like, okay, things are really tenuous here. And we're not sure what's going on, but we need to ha- kind of have some structure the contract of reconciliation is an awesome tool to be able to do that because it just, it actually forces you to talk about the things that you haven't been talking about. Cause you just go line item by line item going, okay, we need to talk about this in our emotional intimacy. We need to talk about this in our financial intimacy. And each section is packed full of questions for you to be able to do that. And you can find that at one extraordinary marriage.com slash contract. Mm-hmm. Um, that's another great resource. And that's something that you can use even if you're working with another coach. I mean, I use it with my coaching clients, but we've had people pick that up to take back to their own coaches or therapists to use it and say, Hey, let's, let's use this as another resource in our marriage. Right. And lastly, you know, if you're up against that wall and you're, you've heard your spouse tell you, you know what, there's, there's, there needs to be change. Get on it. Get on the, on a phone call with Elisa, you know, work through that, understand what's happening and get some action, action items on your to-do list that you can start doing today. And to learn more about coaching, you can go to oneextraordinarymarriage.com slash coaching. Guys, you can save your marriage. We did twice. And so we know it can happen. It's just, are you willing to take the steps, those baby steps, those little steps, one after another after another to get to a point where you guys can love on each other again? Because it's not going to happen overnight, but it can happen if you are willing to take that first step. So we hope that somewhere in here that it grabbed you enough to go, that's what I need to do. So go out there, save your marriage because it is a vital relationship. It is the most important relationship after God and Jesus Christ. We love you guys. Have yourselves a fantastic week. And if we can help you in any ways, please reach out. We love you guys. Have a great week.